Headbangers and metalheads, welcome back to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. This is Gomp Dog, and I'm joined by... Brian! Gomp Dog, I want to ask you, how are you feeling tonight? And I am doing great, very evil, and very metal. Dude, I think you're about to be doing even more metal and feeling even better. Guess what we have tonight? Tell me, man. The one and only... Stu Hammer Marshall of Pain Division, Empires of Eden, and Death Dealer. That is one hell of a metal guitarist. Dude, it's one hell of an interview. Freaking awesome. Great guy. Great guitar player. Why don't we get to this? Because I know that you and the fans are going to love it. All right. Here he comes. Stu Marshall from Death Dealer. Welcome to the Great Metal Debate Podcast, folks. This is Brian, and tonight we have Mr. Stu Hammer Marshall. Stu, welcome to the Great Metal Debate. Brian, thanks for having me, mate. I, uh, as, as we said off the air, I'm uh, very apologetic about how long it's been to, to get together, but we're finally here. No, man, we're just glad you decided to do it, man, and, and, and appreciate your tenacity to get it done. All right, let me, let me just start with a statement, Stu, and, that, and this isn't any BS. Listen, I love your guitar style and the way you play, man. I just want you to know that straight up. This is not a, uh, this is a fan cast, if you will. Well, oh, mate, thank you very much. Uh, this, you know, I, I stopped uh, you know, getting into the mindset of being a guitarist years ago and just started working on writing and being a band guy. So uh, when anyone right. mentions my playing, um, you know, internally it's it's kind of nice to go oh yeah i play guitar as well so yeah <laughs> i appreciate excellent. that excellent now Stu, i always like to start with uh, sort of the real roots of any metal journey sure. um did, did you have a moment at the beginning of your journey where you heard a piece of metal music and you just said oh man that's it that's my music and if i can i'm gonna make it my life De yeah definitely i think as we all know as metalheads there's something that happens internally to all of us um that's a special thing you know, and, right. and, and for, like for me, it was, it was Kiss, um, oh, in the yeah. 70s and, and, uh, just, just, you know, seeing my first band, um, when I yeah. was quite young and I think it's something that's in all of us. It's, uh, it's very easy to, to describe that it's, that it's a feeling and, um, yeah, yeah for me it was, it was ice freely. There's no question. Excellent. Excellent. The star man. Listen, when, when did you decide to do this for a living? Well, you know, I, I guess it's it's the dream of, of every teenager to, to be in a metal band, and um, right, you know, for me, it was it was just okay. Let's go do it. I, I think um, a lot of the time, as you get older, you can kind of ponder on decisions you made when you were younger, whether they're good or bad decisions. And and for me, I always just wanted to to work hard, and you know, I wasn't lazy, and uh, yeah, yeah, really just just went after it. You know, grabbed a guitar yeah. and. And went as hard as I could. It, it, there's really no science behind it, sadly. Yeah. What What age was that, Stu? Uh, gee, I would have been about sixteen. Wow, young and determined, man. That's what it takes to make it in metal. Excellent, excellent. Now, um, can you just give us a brief rundown of your sort of history in the bands? Yeah, sure. I, I, a lot of people aren't really familiar with me at all. So, uh, 
I guess the snapshot is um, born and raised in Sydney, Australia, and um, mm-hmm. just joined a whole bu- like a whole bunch of metal bands in my in my teens and, and early twenties, and I got lucky in um, for, uh, joining a band called uh, Dungeon in, a, yeah. in Sydney that was already quite well established, and yeah. uh, you know they had like a lot of bands. You know, a lot of bands have. Um, uh, member changes and whatnot, and uh, I joined that band just as they were signing a deal with a European record company, yeah. and things started to take off for that band quite quite quickly. Uh, right, band had a lot of success in Japan, and uh-huh. we toured Europe with Megadeth, um, and so that that thing uh, after about five years came to an end for me. Um, I had uh-huh. to leave leave that band, and uh, uh, just just through personal, you know. I'm sure we would right. all agree that the the band was quite volatile, but we we loved the band, <laughs> and so um, that band ended up right. folding and reforming under a different name because uh-huh. a lot of the members had left. And then from there, I, I moved on to a, my own thing called Pain Division, which was kind of yeah, like a really big departure from Dungeon, which was a uh, I wanted it to be kind of like a wasp, waspy kind yeah. of black label society thing, and. Um, you know, it turned it turned into uh, something quite fun. We did some touring in Japan, and uh-huh. musically, it was a very big departure from European power metal. Right, and um, yeah, just through the passage of time, I guess you know, looking, you know, when you're in a band, uh, it can be frustrating just to get things done, and, and that that can also make me sound like a control freak, but I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just you. you you get to a point where you're like, you know what? I really want to record, and someone's off having a family, and which I have a family right. and all that. And yeah, I understand all that, but um, some people change their um, trajectory as they get a little older, which which is everybody's right to. And so right. I started Empires of Eden uh-huh. because I had all these songs left over from Dungeon. Yeah, and I had, I had all this material I thought was really strong and. It really should have seen the light of day, and uh, so I started that up, and I was also mixing and mastering at the same time, so I was able to handle all the production myself, and I wrote all right. the music myself, and then um, hired some singers to sing on these albums, and um, it, it became something that was, even to the singers that were performing, um, a real purity of art, because... right. You know, I was dealing with guys, uh, and I won't mention names, but I, I was dealing with some guys that were essentially forced to sing a certain way. Right. Um, you know, it's like the, their ideas weren't heard. And so I said, well, you have complete control over the lyrics and melodies. Um, and so what you hear with Empires of Eden in some cases can be quite special because it's the, the, the singers actually expressing themselves exactly how they want to. Yeah, yeah. So really, mate, that that is still ongoing. Empires of Eden. Um, and, cool, uh, very cool. What I did, I took a trip to the US um, about two and a half years ago now, uh-huh. and um, just to meet the singers. You know, like I'd, I'd made some really good friendships with Carlos Zima, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I wanted to meet up with Ronnie Monroe because I just produced and mixed his album, uh, or co-produced, yeah. mixed and mastered his album. And yeah. Um, yeah, there were a few buddies there I wanted to meet, so I, I hit the plane. And um, along that trip, that trip was really magical because I I got to go and see Priest, and one of the guys oh, I went nice. to go see Priest with happened to be Mike Davis from Halford. Right, um, right. And that sort of was hooked up. And obviously I was hanging out with Sean Peck yeah. uh, in San Diego, and I, 
you know, uh, at that at that time met up with Rhino in in Vegas, and one thing uh-huh. led to another, and um, Death Dealer, which is where we are right now. Oh man, listen, Stu, you work with some amazing singers through your career. Uh, the Empires of Eden, Hammer Down, is so awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a few names, and forgive me, I'm gonna leave somebody out probably and murder the name, but you know, Udo Gorgievsky, Rob Rock, Stevens, Grimmett, Demio. And what was that other guy? Uh, oh, yeah, Sean Peck. Uh, listen, have you found that your style of play flows better with certain singers or it is just a total band chemistry thing? Well, I think um, I'm, I pick singers out of Empires of Eden I'm a fan of. Yeah. So I, I, I'm immediately there's, – there's some DNA that's, that's immediately connected to who they are as singers that wants me to work with them. That, that's the cool yeah. thing. So, um, Very cool. But, you know, when people heard Total Devastation, which is the track from the Empires of Eden album that I first did with right. um, Sean, yeah. the heads would turn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few, a few, a few of my friends know, know who the celebrity singers are, but they went, who, who is this guy? Oh, um, man. And, if, you know, more than one person said, there's something happening between you and him with chemistry. You, you guys have got to do a band together. And um, I, when I was over in... in San Diego, hanging with Sean, we just right. hit it off and we just started writing songs and we, I, you know, I, I don't know whether it was him or I, but we're just like, dude, we got to do something with this. Um, and we, you know, even is, though is I, kinda how- the distance is ridiculous, we, we have to make a band happen. And uh, right. Right. he asked me about who, who my dream guitarist was to play with. And, and, you know, I'm a massive Manowar fan. So working with, oh, yeah. with Ross was really the dream. And he knew Ross, and, and I, I kid you not, man, I think it all came together in about 24 hours, the whole thing. That's great. So you just kind of described the birth of Death Dealer right there, correct? Yeah. Yeah, look, you know, the birth of Death Dealer really is is, is Empires of Eden um, from, from a writing perspective, because, again, like I said to you off air, I've got a track in front of me now from the new album uh, that Sean yeah. and I wrote only yesterday. And <laughs> so... Yeah, that came together really organically and and like a normal band would. You know, there was no grand plan. It was, um, who do you want to work with? And and it wasn't really about selling CDs. And, you know, we we understand um, the the supergroup tag from from the fact that, you know, we've got guys that have played with different bands. But this this is everybody's main group. Now, this is what, you know, I know Sean's still in cage, but Sean will tell you, you know, Death Dealer is his number one priority um same with ross the boss same with mike you know and our, our new drummer steve um it's 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 our main band well the chemistry is palpable uh, on those albums and those tracks and i mean dude it's just freaking awesome i mean it really is good stuff it's a lot of yeah. heart and soul put into those albums um I, f- I feel very proud of them and and i hope uh, you know, if people want to hear them online, they're, they're available. I think there's a bunch of videos up on YouTube. Um, I yeah. think you'll hear something really, really honest in the music, if nothing else. Yeah, well, um, well, we're going to talk about the new stuff here in a minute. And, and dude, I'm super excited to hear it. Now, um, I, I tell you what, so let's shift gears just for a second. Now, metal is kind of blown up and comes in all different shapes and sizes now. we got Power metal, death metal, melodic death metal, thrash, deathcore, you know, endless categories and definitions. And in those different styles, guitar has a variety of roles. Uh, many bands don't even have solos. Can you talk about the progression of metal guitar and, 
and what you think of the progression and where you think it's going, like alternative metals, folk metal with fin troll, symphonic metal revamp. What, what do you think about that kind of stuff? Uh, I think it's I think it's great. The more different styles um, uh, there are, the, the more people are going to be engaged in, in metal. Um, right. I think we've proven it's not going away. You know, yeah. It, oh, it, yeah. like traditional metal took a massive bashing in the 90s. Um, you know, yeah. I, I do end up listening to a lot of stuff from the 70s and 80s even still. You know, when I get in my car today, my, my playlist yeah. in there is pretty much bands, you know, Old Maiden and Priest and, and King Diamond. and Oh, man. Um, a man after my own heart. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's and it's not that the, the new stuff's no good at all. It's That's not it. Um, right. From, from a sociological point of view, there's there's a reason that people go back to listening to music from when they were 16 and 17. It's, 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 it's a scientific fact that there are emotions that are brought about that, that time that, that create a, a feeling of well-being. And that's, that's why we go back to that stuff. You know, I don't say for a second that if Number of the Beast wasn't really, you know, if it was released today, I, I yeah. still believe it would be the incredible album it is. Uh, but Absolutely. I do think albums, when they're released, have an impact on us you know, at a certain time and, uh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. You know, so that's I, why, no, I'm sorry. I'm saying that's why you like the cartoons of, of when you were a kid, because it brings back nostalgia and you love nostalgia. That's right. That's exactly right, mate. So yeah, I, I just love, love, love the metal, love the old stuff. You know, that's kind of what the great metal debate is about. I'm an eighties fan and my partner Gumthug is, uh, he's, he loves the new metal. And so we often argue about that. And so when I say you're a man after my own heart, I definitely mean that. <laughs> <laughs> Can I offer, Brian, too, mate, is that, you know, I will yeah. listen to, like, I'm really into Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, excellent. That's a great I, I really, yeah. really just like it. I don't know why yeah. I like it. You know, I couldn't I couldn't tell you why, but I just like it. Yeah. All right, Stu, let's stick with guitar. Now, I kind of backed off metal for a long time. Job and kids. I have a family, too. But the kids are getting grown and the new career, uh, you know, and I'm back in metal. And, and I say that for this reason. Metal's new to me again. And Guitar is not just plugging in an amp anymore. There's lots of production that can go into it. Talk about the difference in guitar between when you first started and now. Uh, do you mean the difference in how I approach you or the, the difference in what's out there? Yeah, the difference, well, both. Tell me what you think about the difference between, you know, the what's out there versus what happened when you started. Well, the the really super cool thing is that you can go and buy an amazing guitar for under five hundred bucks now. Oh yeah, you know when, when lots I was of good kid, stuff. I'm sorry, bro. Uh, lots of good stuff. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. Forgive yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, yeah, you can go to Guitar Center and and and, and buy a secondhand Gibson Les Paul for seven hundred bucks. When I was oh, yeah. a kid, that was completely out of your uh, your sphere. Um, mm. I also really enjoy. Um, current technology like uh you know i don't endorse any of the product um, right but i like all kinds of stuff like line six and i like digitech stuff and you know I, i'm a guy that um again it's 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 purely what people say and and i'm not you know that everyone can have an opinion but i put some videos right. up on um facebook and whatnot and yeah. i'll get you know well oh, how did you get that tone well, it's coming out of a hundred dollar Line Six amplifier. Yeah, and yeah. and a few people were like, "Oh, I just spent six and a half grand on, on on a rig." It's like you don't have to do that these days. So that's my point. Yeah, is if you use your ears and you tweak, um, 
you can have great tones for, for very low low dollar output and uh, you know great guitars out there at the moment great gear so I'm loving that side of it um, right the only thing that sort of got me and I, you know I'm, I'm I'm not one of those guys but I, I'd like to see another Eddie Van Halen I'd like to see another George Lynch um, you know you've got amazing guys like Gus G obviously at the moment but for me right. the really the greatest guitar hero the last one was Zach Wild and um, I got to hang with yeah. Zach a fair bit recently and uh yeah, he's yeah. he's kind of like the last guy to come through that that was really the the great guitar hero. So I'm looking for that. I'm looking forward to that next next person coming through. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, and and some of my favorite videos of you in particular are the ones where you just sit down with a guitar and just crank out some shred or some sort of melodic play. And I love that kind of stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you. All right, now you're a guitar aficionado, Stu. Uh, you trade, work on, sell, and you play many different guitars. Uh, what what setup do you use right now? Um, well, for me, uh, in the studio, um, I've been endorsing ESP guitars for twelve years, and right. um, you know that's that's a, a a thing that that is pretty you know well known if you if you know anything about me. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've got about thirty guitars at the moment, and and at any one time, uh -huh. there's you know twenty five to thirty. Um, which sort of pales into you know significance when you insignificance when you um, you know talk to Zach Wild. He's like, I got two hundred and seventy Gibsons in the fold. You know, it's um, oh my god, uh, <laughs> and probably more. <laughs> you know, probably more, probably more. But yeah, man, oh, I, yeah. I just um, plug into to whatever effects are, are rolling around the studio at the time. Um, yeah, you know, I, I do like Line Six gear, and uh, yeah, I, I plug into that and. Uh, I've got, you know, a couple of heads here. I've got some Marshall Randalls, PV5150s, and um, yeah. it just depends, man. Like, I end up sounding like me no matter what I play through, and one of the things I'll I'll say, and I, I, I feel really strongly about this, is that um, it's in the hands, not yeah. in, in the pedal you use. It's not in the amp you use. It sounds crazy, but it's, yeah. it's all in the hands. If you can dial in a, a great tone, um, you'll sound like a different person every time. Yeah, the man makes the music, not the equipment. Yeah, it, you know the the equipment aids it. Um, right. I got an opportunity uh, to to jam through Zach's gear on the road, and oh man, he um, you know, he's like, uh, he asked me to put some mojo on on his guitar, and I'm like, okay, and uh, <laughs> I I sounded exactly like me through his rig, like like I yeah. couldn't sound look, I could not sound like him. Yeah, because yeah. I don't have any hands, so yeah. Excellent. What, what do you think of drop-down tuning these days? I think it can be cool. Uh, I think we've got maybe two tracks on the new Death Dealer album that, that are uh, um, drop detuned. Right, um, right. You know, I think uh, it can be used really effectively. Obviously, Sabbath did it. You know, Tony did it um, right. to, to great effect. And, and Ross did it in Manowar to great effect. Yeah. You know, I think Each Dawn I Die is like drop-down to... Um, C sharp, so yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, death dealer. Let's talk about that. You have two classic guitars, you and and Ross. What what was it like writing together with Ross the Boss? A dream come true, you know. Yeah. Um, the early stuff that he played on and uh, contributed to um, was massively influential to me, and uh -huh. we become really good buddies. You know, we talk pretty much every day um, on on a, a tool called Skype, which it's not Skype, sorry, Voxer. 
um, uh-huh. which works out well for us. And um, we're always talking about guitar ideas, and, and you know, he loves Thin Lizzy and and same sort of stuff as me. So we've, we've really enjoyed uh, playing guitar together, and, and uh, always talking about ways we can push the envelope a bit. Excellent, excellent. Now you got to hang out with some pretty pretty cool people on the European Metal All Stars tour. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, we uh, we did. Uh, I think we did uh, ten shows across uh, Eastern Europe, and that included um, like Sweden and, and Finland and Russia. We went to Russia, which was cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we got back about four weeks ago from from when we're talking now, and hanging. Yeah, we got to hang out with uh, all the guys because you're on the road all the time, and everyone was really super cool. Um, hanging with Udo was excellent because you know we we did the hammer down track together and uh yeah i'm just such a huge except fan so that was great um i was uh yeah zach's a zach's a true gentleman and um every inch the uh generous legend that people think he is he's just such a great guy on the road and um joey belladonna from anthrax became a good friend of ours uh max cavalera and that that guy when he walks out on stage every single place went crazy um, Absolutely, and uh, yeah, it's great to see these professionals on the road, and and they're all, you know, as as gracious and as cool as what you might think they are. Yeah, you know, there's a photo of you up on Facebook that you put up of you and Udo and Zach at the bar. I love that photo. That had to be an amazing, uh, just sort of sit down right there. Yeah, I actually um, wasn't even expecting the photo to be taken. We this was, I think, that was the first night of the tour. We were in Sofia, and. Uh-huh. Um, we uh we all finished the show and we went back to the bar and uh, I think even behind me there was probably about thirty of the the celebrities there as well. It was just such a great night. Oh, uh, yeah, first night of the tour. Yeah, you want to just let your hair down. Well, if you had hair, I don't have hair, um, <laughs> and just have a few drinks and 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 party. And uh, yeah, we had a we had a blast. So excellent, excellent. All right, Stu, I like to go in what I call a lightning round, where I, you just give me sort of one word or one or two sentence answers to questions real quick. You, sure. you, you cool with that? Absolutely. All right, who's your guitar icon? Uh, gee, good question. Um, I have a top three. I have the, the Holy Trinity. Um, Let's have it. Which is uh, Neil Sean from Journey, who I haven't met. Excellent. Um, yeah. Then uh, there's uh, Steve Lukather, who I have met from Toto. Uh-huh. Um, and a guy from uh, Canada called Pete Lesperance, uh-huh. who uh, played guitar in a band called Harem Scarum. Um, by far the most underrated guitarist that ever lived and one of the best guitarists that's ever lived. That guy, will, yeah, he's incredible. So I got to hang and meet with Pete uh, on tour many years ago. So, yeah, that's, that's it for me. That's, that's a great top three. What's your favorite Death Dealer song to play? Uh, to play live is, uh, I have to be hammered down. Yeah. The place goes crazy. Yeah. I love it. How how do you get up for a show if you're having a bad day? How do I, what? I'm sorry. How do you get up for a show if you're having a bad day? Uh, the show is the reason that you get up. Um, the the show is the joy. So, uh, it's, it's actually really easy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it's really not a problem. Excellent. Now, forgive me for this one, but you're from Sydney, and I had to ask it. Vegemite. What do you think of Vegemite? Oh, it's, it's fuel for life, mate. <laughs> What's your favorite guilty pleasure? Uh, beef jerky. 
Oh, it's a good guilty pleasure. What about ghosts? You believe in ghosts? Uh, I'm getting there. <laughs> okay, excellent. What's the hardest guitar solo that you play? <sighs> uh, Triumph and Victory um, from the Japanese bonus track. That's insanity. Oh, yeah, that's a great song. All right. Now, Stu, let's uh, kind of wrapping up here. Is there anything you've ever wanted to be asked that no one's asked it? Um, no, I can't, I can't really think of anything, sadly. Hey, that's cool. That's cool. Now, here, tell us what's up and coming for Death Dealer and any other projects that you got going. Well, Death Dealer is working on uh, our second album. Um, we've uh, partnered up with a great new global publicist. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, second album, we've got 12 tracks together for it already. And mm -hmm. um, we've played it to a few people and, and they've given us the, uh, the seal of approval. So that's coming up. We're really busily working on that. I'm actually mixing and mastering the new Cage album as well. Um, oh, excellent. As we speak. That, that's, yeah. that's occurring. That's going to kill people. That's going to be so good. Um, Ancient evil, yeah. Yeah, very busy year for all of us. And uh, I'm really hoping we can bring Death Dealer back to the States. If not, um, sometime this year, um, do a, a wide-scale tour next year. Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, now, where can fans get merchandise and music for Death Dealer or, or kind of anything else that you're involved in? Uh, please visit uh, deathdealer.co. That's .co. Um, everything you need is there. We've got a web store. We're about to start putting up some limited edition vinyl. Um, all of our clips and music is there. You can check it out. Uh, we're actively on Facebook. If you haven't dropped us a like, please do so. Uh, we, we're there all the time interacting with fans. So if you've got questions, all you got to do is put it up and someone's going to answer you really quickly. Um, yeah. Facebook, and uh, we're also now connected on Twitter and Instagram. So if you go to the um, – Instagram's kind of cool, Brian. I'll tell you, I actually yeah. take photos from the studio and um, put them up all the time. So um, – you know, Instagram's one of those things that, that I didn't really understand until recently. And, uh, yeah, if you want to see some some of the making of the new album and exclusive stuff, we put it up there. So check out deathdealer.co. All the links are there. And uh, please drop by and say good day. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have those up on our Facebook page soon. And for all those fans, listen, let me just tell you that Stu and the guys from Death Dealer and Cage also, they're they, – <clears throat> He's not kidding when he says that they're very interactive with their fans. Uh, it's, it's great, and I've loved the experience. And so I just want to thank Stu, the Hammer Marshal of Death Dealer, and thank you, listeners. Stu, can I ask a favor? Can, sure. can you play us out with a little metal guitar as we go? Yeah, sure. Hammer Marshall, folks. It doesn't get better than that. Cool, mate. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>